Welcome to Belfast City Vineyard, where we are pursuing formation in the presence of Jesus, community gathered around Him, and the impact He empowers us to bring in our families, city, and the world. The following message was given at one of our Sunday services. For more information, visit our website at BelfastCityVineyard.com. If you're visiting with us, you're especially welcome. Um, and if you want to take a, uh, a real paper copy of the Advent Prayer Home, there's a stack of them on the desk out there. You can take it home and pray this every day of Advent, as many of us will be. And you can join in with us in that, so you can find it out there. Um, and before we jump into today's talk, my really quick announcement is just to highlight our Legacy Conference. And our Legacy Conference will be happening on the 3rd and 4th of February in Lagan Valley Vineyard. And this is the conference where all the vineyards on the island of Ireland come together for a leadership gathering, loads of worship, hearing uh, from the Lord, praying for one another, and having oh, an absolute blast of a time. A vineyard legend called David Ruiz is coming all the way from Vineyard Canada. He and his wife lead all of the vineyard churches in Canada. We sang a David Ruiz song uh, this morning in worship, so many of you will know his name. Uh, it's going to be an amazing time. So you can head over to our BCV website and uh, find a link to purchase a ticket if you wish to go. You're not going to want to miss it, and uh, I'm reliably informed that tickets are going fast. And that's not just something I'm saying to get you to buy a ticket and to like prime the pump. They actually are. So um, yeah, don't miss that and don't be disappointed. So you can head over to our website. Tickets are live right now. Well, as you probably know, if you've been with us for a while, we've been journeying through Mark's gospel, uh, which has been wonderful. I hope you've been tracking with it and encountering Jesus through it. Our preachers have done an amazing job helping us move through that book. We're going to be pushing pause on Mark's gospel uh, for a few weeks. We're going to do some Advent preaching to help us usher in this season and get us ready for Christmas. But today, as promised, Alan and I are going to team up, tag team, and give you an update on our building journey. And uh, we want to cover a few things. We want to cover uh, kind of the financial part of that story. Uh, we want to cover what, what renovations are actually happening and maybe, maybe some extras we've been able to do. Um, we want to help out with some timetables and expectations of when on earth this odyssey is going to be over. Um, and um, yeah, so we'll, we want to cover all those things. But first, uh, I, for my part, want to mention a few things about our journey before we just leap into the, the really super practical things. And I want to use what we've learned in Mark to help us with that. So, about three odd weeks ago, uh, I had the, the joy of teaching from Mark chapter 7. And it was a really difficult passage uh, where Jesus speaks to a Syrophoenician woman whose daughter is tormented with an evil spirit. And uh, we called that talk the gospel according to a Syrophoenician woman. And uh, I'm not going to re-preach that talk now. You can catch up with it on our BCV website if you missed it. And I would highly recommend that you do if you missed it. But in that sermon, we talked a lot about how Jesus regularly puts obstacles and tests out there to provoke something in us, to provoke faith in us and to provoke a response in us. He's not just constantly trying to offend us. He's, he puts things out there, challenges out there to provoke faith in us. And in Mark's gospel alone, there are so many people, if you kind of track through as a theme, uh, that had to get through an obstacle to get to Jesus. Um, 
And in Mark chapter 7, the Syrophoenician woman, instead of running off in offense when Jesus, uh, to our ears, says something really offensive to her, uh, she stays with Jesus and she engages with him. And then Jesus counts her persistence and her humility as faith and she receives great blessing. She pushes through a test, an obstacle, something that seems hard to get through uh, in the first instance, and then receives blessing and the miracle from Jesus, and her daughter is healed. And we asked, you know, what if Jesus isn't just trying to just put things in our lives to make our lives more difficult? What if he's trying to connect with us? What if he's trying to provoke faith and build something in us? And what if as we wrestle and contend with the Holy One of God, we'll receive blessing along with many other things added unto us? And the woman, the Syrophoenician woman, shows us how to do that. She shows resilience, humility, and faith in Jesus goodness, the future goodness to be added to her and her daughter. And in that sermon, we applied that to many things in our own lives. That was, a lot of you got in touch and said that was important and really powerful for you. So again, you can catch up with that if you missed it. But what on earth does this have to do with our building? Well, um, we don't just want to give you details about the building project. Now that's important and there's going to be lots of them. So Fasten your seatbelts, that's coming in just a minute here. Uh, But we also wanted to acknowledge that we have had to push through throughout this whole journey. We've had to show resilience, we've had to show humility. Like just for an example, this morning, it's like, can't you guys organize a carol service? I used to think we could, now I'm not sure, you know, it's like... One of those things, right? Um, But we've had to show humility. We've had to show faith in Jesus' goodness. And uh, I just want to take a few moments and and actually name some things that have been hard. Um, Because this season has been hard, and we said it would be. Um, And then I want to uh, just talk about how um, we've also been pushing through. So we should expect blessing. One of the things that's been hard is that some people have left us throughout, you know, as the pandemic uh, swept over us and over the land, like our church has really, really changed. And that's hard. And, you know, no one that I'm aware of has left upset or angry or because of like conflict. Um, I would be really happy to work that conflict out if you know of someone who has, and that would be great to do a reconciliation. So, but as far as we're aware, there hasn't been like angry, you know, you know, fights over the carpets, partly because we don't have any carpets. But anyway, um, there hasn't been anything nasty like that um, that I'm aware of. We have had a small number of people who have left, and they've just not said why. And they haven't really communicated with us at all. Um, and that's their right to do that. Um, we have tried to reach out, um, but also have come to the point where to send more emails and texts and things like that becomes pestering. And, you know, there's just a really fine, fine line there. Um, most that have left have communicated with us, and it's really interesting. Uh, geography has something to do with it. Um, and most have chosen to remain in the vineyard family, which is really interesting and encouraging to me. It's still hard because we miss them as family. But it wasn't like a, we hate you and everything you do kind of thing. It's like, geography's a thing, you're now in North Belfast, our worlds have changed, 
But we love the vineyard story and the vineyard movement and what we experienced in this church, and we're still in the family. And even as we gather in legacy, we'll be gathering together as a big, happy family. Strange family, but happy family. (laughs) So that's hard and encouraging all at the same time. And the truth is, geography is real, right? Um, Our church building and us right now, as I say this, uh, we are in North Belfast, and we used to be in South Belfast. And it's, it's a thing. And it's stupid to just pretend like it isn't. It's a change. It's a big change. But it is also what the Lord has given us. It's what the Lord has provided us in this season. So I am choosing to receive the gift that the Lord is giving us and stand in faith that it is going to be good and very good. So it's still painful. um, But uh, the silver lining for me is we've had the joy, uh, and I believe we'll have the joy over and over and over again of welcoming many new faces. Uh, especially folks from North Belfast and even beyond. So that is wonderful, and I believe, again, that there's going to be many more. Uh, Another hard thing is just simply doing church at 1 p.m. in a generously uh, loaned set of church halls. And we're grateful for this space. We're grateful to Rosemary for blessing us and helping us. Um, But, you know, 1 p.m. is just not the best time, really. We're making it work. We're going for it. Our teenagers reportedly love it. Um, but on our families with younger children, it's hard. It's tough. Uh, some, it just doesn't work with family life and things like that. It doesn't work to come regularly. Um, and again, we're so blessed to have this space from Rosemary. So I'm, not, I'm certainly not complaining or... or turning down their blessing of us. But, you know, the 1 p.m. time in the facilities are just different than what we would do if we had our own space. And particular kids' ministry has been a bit more challenging. We haven't been able to do worship with full bands. We haven't been able to do hospitality like we would want to do. And it kind of feels like we're a bit homeless a little bit because we kind of are. Um, And again, it's meant that we haven't been able to do as much as we would have wanted to do overall, like programs, events, and special things like carol services and baptisms and dedications and weddings that we just haven't been able to do them. And uh, we want lots of things happening in the life of our church and at times that are really convenient for us to do them. And we want the things to be the way we want them, right? And none of that is possible right now. And the truth is we're running really lean right now uh, with not a lot of reserves. And I, I don't necessarily mean financially. I mean emotionally, and like the ability to adapt and make do and to chop and change and you know, keep holding on and keep going and keep waiting and keep you know, making it with duct tape and building the airplane as you fly it. All that kind of trendy stuff that people say about difficult times. And the truth is it's taking a toll. It's taking a toll on you. It's certainly taking a toll on our staff team. Uh, and it hasn't been ideal. Plus, this time of year, everyone is tired and a bit down in November and early December. Um, and the truth is, we as a congregation have been making do for a long time. You know, we had a, a mountain of setup and takedown to do when we met in Fleming Fulton School, and then we were in online with the pandemic. Uh, at Windsor Presbyterian graciously let us use their space, but we were making do there. Uh, we were in Cave Hill for a while before renovations started, and we were kind of making do there, and now we're here, and we're waiting, and we're making do, and again, we're grateful for the Lord's provision in each of them, because he's been with us, but I'll just speak for myself. You know, I'm constantly now needing to work on my reserves of patience, 
And I'm sure you are too, because my reserves are pretty empty. Uh, But the truth is we've seen blessings. So we need to say that as well. Back in August, we challenged each other to invest in life groups and in community and to make every effort to be here at one, even though it was not ideal. And we said that we felt like the Lord is with us now, and he had some things for us even in the waiting, things we aren't going to want to miss, things that will form something in us that are vital for the next stage of the journey when we do have a home of our own, things that we won't have if we don't contend for them now. And I believe we've seen that to be the case. I believe we've had precious times in the presence of the Lord together here at One. And today was one of them as Isaac was leading us. My sense is for us in worship today is the Lord hovering over us and giving each and every one of us everything we need for the next days ahead. Uh, I've had people come and tell me that they believe in worship during this time of meeting here in these halls that they have been healed physically. Uh, We've had people come and say that they've experienced deliverance as we've just met together. No one's prayed for them and just things are different. Uh, People have heard the Lord speaking. Things have shifted in their lives. People have experienced miraculous provision since we've been meeting in these halls. And simply put, he's visited us as we've placed ourselves here. And there's much more that's been done in us and to us and through us than we have time to mention in this season. He's been with us. He's been leading us. And has it been hard? Yes, it's been hard. Has it been worth it? Yes. Yes. And some of this we're only going to realize much later. We're going to look back and see, oh, that thing that's in our church was formed in that time of waiting. Some of the tiredness and lack of patience and frustration and fed upness is because we've been showing up and we've been doing our best and we've been contending and we've been staying in tension. And it's not because we're doing something wrong. It's because we're doing a lot of things right in a challenging season. So be encouraged. We have been pushing through. And when we push through, we should expect blessing. And we're almost there. And what I love about you as a congregation is your resilience. You're a tough and generous, and faithful, and compassionate, and merciful, powerful church that always contends, and always looks to Jesus. And I'm really proud of you. Uh, I've never been prouder of you than I am now. And it's been hard, but you're overcomers. And together, we've pushed through hard things, and obstacles, and we've held on, And we've kept believing that God has good things for us. We've kept loving and serving and worshiping and turning up and saying yes and calling out to Jesus. And just like the Syrophoenician woman, I'm expecting very good things. I'm expecting very good things very soon. Because we've been led. We have this place. We have a building that we will very soon be in. We've been blessed uh, with what we've been able to afford God's blessed us with his presence and life groups and youth and children's ministry. He's blessed us at one o'clock. He's blessed us in every o'clock of our daily lives. We're in the last portion of this time. And that's very important. And now when we're at our most tired, we can't stop. Because blessing is right around the corner. We've stayed in faith. We've stayed in unity together We haven't let waiting and challenge and obstacles stop us. We've kept pressing on and pressing through, and blessing is coming, and we're not going to want to miss it. So I would love to uh, turn it over to Alan. Before he comes, I just wanted to say that um, 
Lots of people have doing, been doing a lot of hard work on this whole project, uh, but no one's worked harder than him. And so we all owe him a great debt for the really um, wonderful work that he's done on this project. And so I would love for you to give him a round of applause. Thank you. If I had done this rather than that, would it have kept going? <laughs> Thank you. I really, really appreciate that. I have absolutely no reason to send you to our website, but I feel left out. <laughs> so, go to our website. Um, yeah, so I want to run us through some of the details of where we are, where we're headed, what this next few uh, weeks or whatever might look like. I'm going to start with what some might say are the boring bits. I think they're deeply exciting, the finances. Um, so if you can remember back to the dim and distant past when we tried to do info nights in Cave Hill and the boiler didn't work and it was freezing and we were trying to tell you what we think it might cost and what might happen. Right back in those days, the essential works that we needed to do, we estimated that they were going to be around £600,000. So we thought we needed to do things like walls and roofs and the really boring but important stuff. And when it came to dreaming and what we would love to see happen... The figure that we were predicting at that stage was roughly 840 to 850 thousand pounds. We thought that was probably outside of what we could hope and expect to do. But we, we persevered, we put that out for tender, and what I'm here to tell you today is with additional unforeseen works that have come in that we didn't know until we got started, plus the rise in costs of materials and labors plus some extra things that we've been able to do that we'll get to in a start. We have been able to achieve everything on the dream list and it's going to come in at £840,000. Isn't that incredible? Faithful, generous giving. We've been able to do all that we hoped and dreamed and imagined and at this stage right now Probably two-thirds of the way through, we are on budget or maybe even just a little under that 840 mark. Also, we've done everything that we can to reuse and repurpose materials from within the building. So we've either used them, we've been able to sell some stuff and recoup a bit back from that and generate some income to prevent as much as possible of that beautiful old building going to waste, which is wonderful. So with the things that are in our control, we are right where we had planned to be. With the funds that we have either pledged or currently in hand, plus the offer of up to a £400,000 loan, uh, this budget is achievable, which is great news. Which is great news. What is outside of our control, believe it or not, is the global financial market. We've tried. <laughs> we can't seem to control it. Uh, and what happens to interest rates in the coming months and years, we can't predict, but we are watching closely and taking advice. We have, as a board, modelled out lots of scenarios and budgeted wisely and conservatively and with margin so that we are in a manageable position for what expected interest increases might come. That said, obviously the less we have to borrow, 
the more in control of our own future budgeting we can be as a congregation. Make sense, right? And so, any increased giving at this point, it wouldn't necessarily impact the amount of work being done, but it could reduce the amount of loan required and therefore reduce further any potential vulnerabilities and setting us up, more importantly, for expanding ministry as we move into the place that we're longing for. So all that to say, if you didn't get a chance to give, maybe this wasn't home when we were doing our giving campaign. Maybe you weren't in a position to give. Maybe you're thinking, I'm going to wait until I'm in. Feet on the carpet. We will have carpet. It has been picked. There was no fights. Ish. (laughs) Maybe you're waiting to get in. Would you consider doing that now? And therefore potentially reducing the amount that we would have to borrow from the bank. If you want any more info on that, you can come and talk with me or Matthew Graham, one of our directors at the back. We'd happily chat that through with you. But if that bored you to death and numbers are your least exciting thing of everything, here's a summary. In an unstable climate, at a difficult time, we've managed all within our control to be on budget while doing more than we initially planned. We will have a mortgage of up to 400000 So please do continue being the faithful, generous church that we've always been and consider giving towards a building before we're in. Make sense? Great. Bored? (laughs) Would you like to hear what we're actually doing with all that money? Yeah, yeah, you would. Okay, well, what does that mean? Let's do a recap really quickly on the essentials. So we are making good all structural and electrical works. Most of that has already been done. We are decorating and carpeting throughout. Some of that has started. We are upgrading all the toilets. And those of you who remember Fleming Fulton, they will have doors. (laughs) Modern luxuries, I know. We are putting in... A new kitchen, we are putting in a brand new bespoke coffee dock so we can get back to hospitality. I know, we're putting in a fire system. Nobody's excited about that, but it's a really good thing. But here are the extras that you maybe didn't know that we were going to do. We have added a lift for access to the first floor. We have added a brand new boiler, which should keep us warm and toasty for the next three or four decades. We've been able to afford a much better quality kitchen than we were expecting. We are putting in a full sports hall with high quality sports hall finished floor. I know. Some of the men are like, yeah, let's go. And the woman and the sporty woman. I heard a deep ooh though. It was a deep ooh. We am... One of the things that we have always been passionate about is that the presence of Jesus would be accessible to all. And there are a number of families within our community and in our wider city who have children with additional needs. And Sundays can be a really difficult time. It can be a challenging time for those kids to settle in an unfamiliar space in a crowded and busy and sometimes uncontrollable room. And we are not okay with that. We're not okay with coming into the presence of Jesus being difficult for those in our community or some being excluded um, completely. And so we've taken the the decision to add to our kids' space a multi-sensory kids' room. A dedicated space that is safe and peaceful where children with additional needs can encounter the presence of Jesus. 
where no one in our family has to be excluded, which is really, really exciting, isn't it? That's a space that can also be used throughout the week as well. Uh, we've added, this one probably isn't as exciting, but we've added a new kid's toilet on the first floor to serve our kids' ministry leaders and to save them going up and down, up and down. Uh, we have dedicated a space right in the center of the building to be a, a permanent prayer room, both for ministry and deliverance and intercession and a space to just cry out for our community and our city. We've upgraded our AV and network capabilities so that those of you who are watching online, not live, will hopefully be able to do it online live and be with us uh, as it's happening. Would you like to see it? So a couple of caveats before we show you a quick video. It's like a movie trailer. It's just a taster, okay? Um, We have no power and light available when we're shooting, so it's not our highest quality video. But we shot this last Sunday morning, and they did so much work this week that Dave was, was discontent with that, and he went back in this morning, refilmed, edited it in his car, so you could have the most up-to-date version. I know, right? So, just a taster of what to expect. It's a work in progress. So as we head in the front door, they haven't changed. We haven't cleaned it yet. We've closed off the three doors that used to be in the foyer and opened up two wider doors for better access. Toilet still on either side there. This is our sanctuary. It's been cleared out. You can see the lighting rig is in and the speakers are up. The stage is being increased in height just a little bit there. In this back corner, that's where our coffee dock is going. We've got our sound booth there. We'll have a welcome desk in that back corner. Bespoke made loads of space just to welcome people into our community. You got excited. New ceilings going in. Look at this sports hall. They've just started painting it this week. And the radiators will go back in so it's set perfectly for all kinds of sport. Stage that used to be at the front has been taken away to allow storage and a lift. And to give it a much more usable space. And as we would normally head out, this used to be a tiny kitchen. There was a wall there. There isn't anymore. The kitchen will go here, there'll be a counter and open into a kind of cafe, living space, multi-purpose room, place where our youth can hang out on a Sunday morning. It looks like carnage, (laughs) but it's really good kind of carnage, right? That's all you're getting for now. So, timeline. Work started on the second week of August. That feels like a lifetime ago, but really it's less than four months ago. Initially, we were due to complete by the first week in January. Currently, we are unlikely to be finished by then. Some delays with contractors, some material provision delays, some due to additional works that we've been able to do. But we feel like we would rather take a few extra weeks now and do it right and be finished and get in in one push. So all that said, we are confident that the delay will be no longer than four to six weeks and that we should be stepping into a beautifully finished home of our own mid to late February. That may be a little bit of disappointing news. You might be thinking, I want to end for after Christmas. As Andy has just covered, we believe in you. We can do this. One last push. February's not far away. Andy, bring us home.
All right. <clears throat> well, just to finish off from me, um, on just some of the expectations, maybe, um, you know, we, we do have some natural limits. We have limits, like Alan just mentioned there, with just, it's, we're just going to take time and do it right. Um, it is a listed building, so we can, uh, with how that works, is we can, as, because we're a church, do anything we want inside, but the, the basic layout and fabric of the building needs to stay the same on the outside. So the layout's still the layout, and the toilets are going to be done up nicely, but they're going to be in the spot where they were. You know, we're not going to have them on the roof or something like that, and, and big changes like that. So just um, the fabric of the building remains the fabric of the building. It's as big as it is, and, and that's a limitation on us. Um, and we haven't been able to construct extra rooms and, and things like that. So the fabric is the fabric. Um, every room is going to be as far as possible multi-purpose, uh, so we can do as many different things to bless the community uh, and to and to enjoy uh, for us as a church as you can dream up. Um, and that's going to be uh, mean a bit of setup and shifting around, but nowhere near what we were doing. In the past, and uh, so, we, but that's for the purpose of multiplying ministry and doing as many different amazing things as we possibly can. Uh, we also went for a nice quality finish that will last, but it isn't going to be like the luxurious version. But I've been leading this church for a long time, and I'm fairly confident that none of you gave money wanting luxury that is just for us to have a good time in. You gave so we could have a wonderful family home that we could use to bless countless numbers of people in Jesus' name that will be solid and lasting and set up to pass on to our children and our children's children. And that you didn't expect and don't care about gold-plated toilets. You care about the kingdom of God and the good things that will last from that. And that's always been our dream, to receive the gift of a home that God is giving us to really occupy it well and enjoy it and love it, but also to use it and to share Jesus and to serve and love as many people as we possibly can with it and to continue to build a legacy and to pass this on to those who are coming after us so they are set up to go further and farther than we ever could. And that, because of God's grace and your faith and generosity, is within reach. And that is really exciting. And again, last August, I shared uh, from the Lord, well, I feel like it's from the Lord, the challenge to use this time of waiting to dream dreams and to pray speculative prayers, the kind of prayers that are less like praying for something that is up and running and present in the world now, and are, but are more like reaching into the future with hope, like someday, somehow, Lord, could we see this and could I be a part of it, those kinds of prayers. And I believe the Lord has been speaking and is going to increase speaking to you and me and all of us as we prepare to move in. How might he be asking us to serve and lead and pioneer, to bear weight in areas, to pioneer new areas of ministry, not from the place of what do I have to do, uh, but what am I dreaming about doing? What would I sacrifice to make space for? Not what should the church do, but what is God asking us to do with our lives, with our time, with our energy, with our resources in this coming season for the sake of his kingdom. And we're not coming into this building as consumers, but we're going to go in as owners who are prepared to host the presence of the Lord and to host all those he will be bringing to us, believing that he'll multiply us, empower us, and believing that we have a moment to meet 
with faith and joy and our full attention. Why don't you stand and we'll pray. I just have a sense that uh, as I pray for us and as you've seen the video, the Spirit of God is going to be resting on many of you. And that process of dreaming and praying is going to be accelerating. And some of you, even in this service, are going to feel the hand of the Lord on you that it's time for that thing He's been speaking to you about over decades. It's time. It's time to bear weight. It's time to prepare. It's time to, to be ready to go and to meet this moment. And I just would say, welcome that moment with open arms. Welcome the presence of the Lord. So, Lord, we welcome you. We pray that you'd rest on us again, from our youngest to our oldest, that there would be none left out. Would you now come with assignments, assignments to pray, assignments to be present, assignments to bear weight, assignments to lead, assignments to dream and carry a dream for the sake of our community. Lord, now as we prepare in these last weeks for the, to receive this gift you've given us, would you mobilize us? And would this be a pregnant time? So come Holy Spirit and rest on men and women. Anoint them with the gift of leadership and faith and may they bear weight to multiply ministries. So we say, Lord, multiply your gifts, multiply your ministry, multiply us. We come in faith in perseverance and resilience to meet this moment, Lord. Meet us with your spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For all the latest information about what's happening in the life of our church, or if you have any questions or comments, head over to BelfastCityVineyard.com.